0: Welcome to episode 142 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Below, and I am really glad that you've chosen to spend this time with me. Happy New Year to you. This is the first podcast episode of 2017, and it's a great episode to be kicking off the year with. I'm joined by Brianna Borton and Dr. Peter Borton, whose latest book is called The Well Life. I believe you're going to find lots of positive takeaways from the conversation. There's nothing like a great quote to use as a catalyst for reflection. And I wanna share one with you that came across my Facebook feed this week that really resonated with me. It's from Brandon Bouchard and it comes from his motivation manifesto. He wrote, who does she think she is? It appears she is someone living her life unconcerned with who you think she is. Let me say that again so that we both really hear it. Who does she think she is? It appears she is someone living her life unconcerned with who you think she is. We're so often stopped by worrying about two things. One, if we're worthy to do whatever it is that we're doing, and two, what other people will think of what we're doing. And by doing, I also mean being. Being quiet, being independent, being outgoing, being brave, being different. The truth is most people aren't thinking much about us. If they do and they think she's brave, that's great. I will take the acknowledgement. And if they think she's crazy, Well, that's their own stuff, as they say. It's sometimes easier to accept or deflect the thoughts of others because if we've done any level of personal growth work and inner exploration, we know that other people's opinions of us are often a reflection of whatever's going on for them. They really have nothing to do with us. But what about the doubts that we have that have nothing to do with anyone else? And they're only the inner voice that says, who do I think I am? There are plenty of writings and quotes out there that say, if not you, then who? You have a gift, something that no one else can offer the world. One of my favorite poems comes from Carrie Newcomer, and it's in her book, A Permeable Life, Poems and Essays, and it's titled, Showing Up. Stay tuned for after the interview, because I'm going to close by sharing that poem. But even without hearing it, I hope you hear this. You are put on this earth to live the life that puts your gifts front and center. That doesn't necessarily mean that you'll earn money from them because sometimes monetizing our gifts is exactly what we don't need to do. But it does mean that you will only be fully you if you lead with those gifts every chance you get. When you lead with your gifts, there's no reason to be concerned with what anyone else thinks. You are in your element you are experiencing personal freedom. Who do you think you are? It's a question to ask yourself not because you're concerned about what others will think. It's a question to ask to put yourself on the path to being fully you. For more inspiration, remember to stick around for that Carrie Newcomer poem after the interview. And before we're joined by Brianna and Peter, I wanna take a moment to remind you that registration closes soon for the next virtual book group that starts on January 17th. We'll be meeting for five weeks to discuss the introvert entrepreneur and how we can apply the contents of the book to our work and to our lives. Past participants have consistently talked about how much they benefited from the group conversation and the natural accountability that's built into the process. They also found it energizing to be in contact with an intimate, group of like-minded introverts. Space is limited to no more than six participants. So act soon to secure your spot because registration closes on January 10th. You can learn more and register at the introvertentrepreneur.com book And now on to our interview and our guests. I'm joined by Brianna Borton and Dr. Peter Borton, who are the authors of The Well Life, How to Use Structure, Sweetness, and Space to Create Balance, Happiness, and Peace. Brianna and Dr. Borton have made it their mission to create a more peaceful world by helping individuals reestablish a sense of inner peace and balance. They are the founders of The Dragon Tree, a wellness organization with holistic spas in Portland and Border, Colorado, online courses, natural body care products, and resources for vibrant living. Peter, a Doctor of Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine and Certified Qi Jong Instructor, has taught extensively and has authored hundreds of articles on psychological and physical health. Brianna is a Certified Ayurvedic Specialist, Peace Engineer, and CEO of The Dragon Tree. She writes frequently on personal development and helps people achieve their dreams and live extraordinary, healthy lives. You can learn more about Brianna and Peter and how to connect with them, as well as find their links to their Introvert Island book selections and other resources mentioned in the podcast in the episode show notes at theintrovertentrepreneur.com slash podcast. Welcome, Peter and Brianna, to the Introvert Entrepreneur podcast. I am so happy to be chatting
1: with you today. Thank you so much for having us.
2: Thanks, Beth.
1: Well, what is making you smile today? Well, I just got home from a trip for the weekend. So I was away from my family for the weekend. And so just being around my family is really making me smile today. Mm, Nice. What about you, Peter?
2: Yeah, I was actually going to say something similar that just having Brianna back is great, especially since I was home with my two lovable but sick kids over the weekend. And it's (laughs) wonderful to have my wife back, not just because I'm getting a helper back, but because I adore her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Best friend and, and all of that. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Well, I, I hope your kids are on the mend. I hope they're feeling better soon. Thank you. Well, to give folks some context, and I'd love for each of you to, to answer this in turn, um, where do you feel like you fall on the introvert-extrovert spectrum, and how has that awareness influenced you on your journey?
2: Well I uh, am mostly an introvert, although I enjoy uh, being in crowds for short periods of time and I would say that if uh, if we go by the idea that introverts um, get recharged by alone time and that it's mm-hmm. that it's demanding or challenging for you to be on in social settings that's definitely the case for me. Um, I'd say as a result it has definitely uh made me steer more toward doing like the creative at home uh stuff and I've been so lucky to have to be able to do that in our business and even in my practice the one-on-one stuff feels like it's pretty it works well for me as an introvert but the fact that I'm able to do a lot of writing and creative development kind of stuff at home has been wonderful and then when I know that I have to go out and do networking types of stuff I really um, try to prepare for it and be well recharged and, you know, make sure that I, um, that I feed myself kind of along the way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and what about you, Brianna?
1: I am definitely more on the extrovert side. I wouldn't say that I'm like a total, total extrovert, (laughs) but I like, maybe like an eight out of 10. (laughs) that's pretty far on the scale. (laughs) It's pretty far. I really do get charged up a lot by being around other people. Um, So that's definitely where I get my energy, but I am actually really shy. So it's an interesting combination to be a shy extrovert. Um, So I, I would say in my entrepreneurial journey, it has been really great because once I, you know, once I'm introduced to people, I feel really like I very much enjoy being around people in a way that's super sustainable for me. Like I don't need to go away to recharge myself. I would say that, you know, especially in the early years, I maybe didn't realize that that wasn't like everyone's feeling about being around people all the time. And so I've definitely had times where I think I pushed people in a way that, you know, now I would know better where I'm like, oh, you need alone time. Like, I'm not going to schedule our retreats to be, you know, all day long being around people because definitely a lot of people need that time. And so I feel like it's been a really good learning thing for me.
0: How do you feel like as a couple, you balance those being on those different ends of the spectrum?
2: It's actually been really wonderful, I think, uh, for us to be, to have complementary and different kinds of constitutions in that way. Um, and not that Brianna wants to be the person who gets all of the sort of extrovert, uh, duties mm-hmm. and nor, that, nor yes, that yes, I yes. want to be stuck behind a computer all day during doing all of like the alone stuff. But, uh. I think we've allowed for a good balance of that. And it's been wonderful to get to work together. I know a lot of people feel like they'd be at each other's throats if they were working <laughs> with their partner. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it works really well for us. And uh, and it's even challenged us to uh, uh, grow our relationship.
0: Yeah, I can imagine so. How do you feel like you... Um, the word that comes to mind for me is boundaries, <laughs> like establishing sort of boundaries between work and and life. Um, have you found that that is, is something that you're aware of? And, and if so, how do you navigate that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that we've grown a lot in that area. Um, we've been working together now for almost 14 years. Hmm. And so I would say at the beginning, it was more challenging than it is now because we've kind of learned like, oh, that's more in like your wheelhouse. That's more in my wheelhouse. So there's not a lot of like stepping on toes. Um, We've clearly defined our roles in the business. So that part has been, uh, you know, it's gotten better over time. And then you know, in our family life, it's interesting because we work at home too. So Mm -hmm. we work at home and then we're home with our family. And so there's just a lot of, it would be easy to bleed into each other. And not that we never discuss business with, you know, like at the dinner table, but we do try to keep it you know, fairly pleasant business things. And, you know, we try to have some rules like no bad news after seven and no mm-hmm. business in bed, <laughs> like none of that kind of business in bed, at least like trying to like right. make some like <laughs> clear boundaries. And, you know, we really try to focus on our family when we're all together too. So that, you know, our children, Though we like to have some business conversation in front of them because we want them to under, you know, be part of it too, feel like they understand mm-hmm. what we do and, but that we are really pretty much focused on them when we're all together.
0: Yeah, excellent. Well, you have a lot going on, <laughs> as, we, as we learned when I introduced you. <laughs> and among those is a, a new book. So congratulations on, on that. It just came out at the beginning of this month. We're talking in December. Um, and it's called The Well Life. And it focuses on three foundational principles, um, sweetness, structure, and space. Would you tell us how, in the context of your book and in your life, how have you defined each of those principles?
2: Well, um, I'll start with uh, structure. And that's been something that Brianna has really taught me a lot about over time, uh, which is... Essentially, kind of the life architecture that we utilize to get from point A to point B in any endeavor from the tiniest Like just getting yourself to work to the biggest like I want to you know Have a business that makes me X number of dollars and retire in Florida or whatever Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, Structure is one of those things that I think many people push back against they uh, they believe that structure is going to be Uh, confining to them. It's going to, you know, infringe on their creativity. They don't want too much structure. They're not going to feel free. Um, And then we have people who love structure, but maybe they don't utilize it in a way that is as efficient or intelligent or organic as it could be. And so with the structure component, we're not necessarily telling people you need to have more structure. We really just want people to have structure that is intelligent and that it, that has been conceived really consciously so that it, it allows for a, a lot of spaciousness and a lot of sweetness in the meantime, which we'll discuss next, and that um, lets them make use of their gifts along the way. Um, a structure that you might say is like an elegant piece of architecture where it's graceful, it gets you where you want to go, but it does so, you know, in a way that's beautiful and, and pleasant.
0: May I ask before we move on to those other two components, what's an example of a structure that you have adopted that has been particularly beneficial
2: Oh man, there are so many now, but <laughs> one of the things that we teach a lot, uh, around structure is infusing your daily structure or your whole, your weekly or life structure with deliberate rituals and, uh, Rituals, you know, to some people have kind of a religious connotation. We just mean for them to be an event that you have made uh, more deliberate and thoughtful and that becomes kind of like a checkpoint or an anchor point in your day uh, where you you deepen and you kind of drop in. And by infusing your life with rituals and you could turn – any sort of mundane activity into a ritual, or you could have a ritual just for the simple sake of ritual. You, you know, there's this ongoing specialness and consistency. So, mm-hmm. um, one of the rituals that we've had now for several years is to write down what we're grateful for um, in our journals every night before we go to bed. And uh, you know, there are those good habits that you start, and you think, how long am I going to stick with this? And I th- I'm sure that went through my mind um, for the first few months, and then, and now that it's been years, it's it's become one of those things that I think we'll never stop doing, and it, and so it's this element of my life structure now that I have come to depend on and expect. I don't. It feels weird to go to sleep without having written down these things that I'm grateful for, and you know, in the case of this particular ritual, expressing the things that you're grateful for kind of brings them to the forefront of your awareness and and makes them more prominent in your life. It's what you focus on grows. So that's been a wonderful thing. Yeah.
1: And then what about sweetness and space? Yeah, sweetness, actually, I feel, Peter says I bring the structure. I feel like Peter brought a lot of the sweetness into this experience of our lives. Um, And sweetness is really all of the feel-good things in life. So anything that feels like it really is nourishing your body, mind, or soul, so, you know, playing music, having meals with friends, cooking good food, exercising, if that feels sweet to you, dance, um, <laughs> taking a hot bath, writing in your journal. So these things where we really kind of like drop in to experiencing the awesomeness that just is all around us. And we encourage people to add sweet things into their life right now, because so often we are delaying sweetness for the weekend or for our vacation or entire Mm -hmm. and we just are not ever guaranteed that time really like you're not guaranteed a tomorrow and so we encourage people to bring more of those sweet things into their day right now and by using their structure to really schedule it in so structure is such a great thing for to use to make sure that sweetness happens so by using your structure to schedule in sweetness every day. And then the other part of sweetness is the element of making everything that you're doing just sweeter. So rather than just adding in more sweet things, finding the sweetness in the things that you're already doing by, and a lot of that comes from just being really, really present um, to what it is that you're doing and remembering you know, the why of it, remembering the, uh, You know, seeing it for what it is instead of going really shallowly into it and just kind of like grazing the surface. And we do so much of that because we're bombarded by information and tasks and things to do that in order to get through it all, we often tend to go really shallow and just kind of like get it all done instead of being able to go deep into it and be present and actually experience the moment. Um, So, you know, I think that we can bring sweetness to anything that we do. I like to talk about how much I don't love doing Excel spreadsheets historically. <laughs> yeah. And yet like, it's part of my life and it's not going to go away. I, as long as I'm running a business, I'm going to be doing Excel spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. So looking at that and seeing how I could make that more sweet. And part of it was a mindset change of saying like, oh, I'm doing this so that I can figure out bonuses for my staff. And because they're doing such a great job, then I get to give them more money. And that actually feels so good to do. Mm-hmm. And then I also make it more sweet by playing my favorite music and making my favorite tea and lighting a candle so that the actual experience is more enjoyable and making a sweet moment in amongst my whole day. Yeah. And I love that
0: you're you intersecting, like you said, the structure and sweetness, you know, that they can play together. And um, what you're saying about the sweetness reminds me of a story I think I've shared on this podcast before that I heard this NPR story. Um, I'm pretty sure it was NPR. Uh, This woman was recounting going through her mother's things after her mother had passed away. And in her dresser drawer, she opened up and she found just a drawer full of these little beautiful perfumed soaps and lotions and perfume vials and such that her mother was saving for a special occasion. (laughs) and she died without ever having used any of them they just sat there in that drawer waiting mm-hmm. and her point was you know use them now you know they're here to be enjoyed and for you to take pleasure from them so so use them don't don't hoard them um because you're kind of you're denying yourself actively that chance for sweetness and and every time i find myself in that space like oh i'm going to save that special whatever for an indeterminate point in the future i'm like no you know you use it this is the special moment you know use it now it makes a huge difference in the way I, i see things
2: yeah
1: it's like using your china. Like if you love your china, yeah, use it every yeah. day. Like why? Why exactly. do we only use it once a year if you mm-hmm. love it so much? Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that, re- re- helping me to remember that story and uh, for sharing that with all of us. And then, lastly, space. Not last, but not least, <laughs> space. So,
2: space we've already kind of touched on in the sections on on uh, the discussions on sweetness and structure um, because. Good structure has a certain spaciousness to it, and sweetness requires taking or making some space. I think to experience that, and space is really um, the openness to to get perspective and to and to feel connected. And so, for a lot of people, that means like the perspective to experience more than your own constant mental dialogue. The the, mm. the openness to see the big picture, especially for entrepreneurs who can um, often lose sight of the big picture of why they're doing what they're doing, because the, the challenges at hand are, you know, they're engaged in a conflict with them or they're, they're just so overwhelming that they kind of eclipse that vision. Um, open, uh, the space is, is like the openness that, um, insight and creative input comes to us through. It's, uh, it's, it's the physical space that we take advantage of when we go out into nature and just get away from all of the technology. And and it's the space, as Brianna alluded to earlier, uh, away from that that kind of constant stream of data that we're exposed to these days, or what we call the human data stream, where we're just inundated with tweets and Facebook posts and emails and videos and all sorts of other media Um that that really do. I, I think the only way to keep up with it is to is to go shallow with it. It's it's the only way we can browse through it all. Um, mm-hmm. And and making space is kind of the like antithesis of that. It's it's the going deep and opening up and stepping back from that stream of information and getting perspective and realizing that it's just like a tiny bit of the big picture.
0: Well, I'm guessing if if we were to ask you know ten different people like what to you would make up the well life you would probably get, you know, 10 different answers. And you you both came up with, you know, sweetness, structure, and space. So how did you discern that those were the three fundamental ones for you, and then um, made that decision to share those with others?
2: Well, I'll let Brianna answer this one. But first, I would say that, although those are kind of like the elements of, of language that we use, mm-hmm. that it's true that everybody's well life is kind of different and the idea really is just that no facet of your life is deprived of wellness, really. Mm. That that your work, your relationships, your finances all have some expression of wellness. But I'll let Brianna speak to how we kind of arrived at that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the reason that we came to creating this elemental system of structure, sweetness, and space is really because you know, we were being asked so often, like, how do you do all of what you do? I mean, you run businesses, you have children, you're married and happy, you know, you're involved in your community and you seem to be not like, not like you're restricting, but that you are just always expanding and how are you doing that? And, you know we started to really look at it cause we're like well that's a good question i don't know exactly how we're doing it and so there was a lot of discussions on walks and on the couch and everywhere else where peter and i were like what is it um to really be able to help people create whatever they wanted in their own lives. And I think because Peter comes from a background in Chinese medicine, and I come from a background in Ayurvedic medicine, which is the traditional medicine from India, that we both have these backgrounds in elemental systems of medicine. So looking at the elements is something that we're both very accustomed to. And so seeing how those things, you know, like air and fire and earth all come together to create balance in the natural world we really were noticing that it's structure sweetness and space coming together in a balance for each individual which will look unique um to create the life that they really want um so it looks how they want it to look and you know no ones are going to be the same and we say this often you know like we don't we're not encouraging anyone to have as full of lives as we do or less full or more full it just up to Mm -hmm. you to decide how simple you want your life, how full you want your life to be, and then to really have the tools of structure, sweetness, and space to create that for yourself. Yeah,
0: yeah, because it strikes me that within sweetness, structure, and space, there are subsets and, you know, branches to the tree, that uh, it encompasses so much more than just what those words on the surface say, And, and you've shared that as you've talked about how you define them, and I appreciate that you know, and all of them are necessary, right? You know, we we need all of those parts to bring about balance and peace in our lives and, and have that fullness. With that said, you know, for introverts, I'm curious if you think that there's one in particular that like, if we, if we really wanted to get intentional and, um, and really lean into one of these in particular, which one might be the most beneficial for us to embrace if we want to show up as our best selves?
2: Well, I think for introverts, probably the one that's worth focusing on the most is space. And, uh, space can be kind of elusive. Like a lot of people don't have a sense of what space really is. I mean, it's elusive in the sense, in the same way that space itself is sort of elusive. It's, you can't put a finger on it. It's intangible. And it's, um, it's something that not a lot of people deliberately cultivate in their lives. And I think when introverts are, Overwhelmed by being in um, crowds or other demanding social settings where they feel like they have to be on. Um, What they yearn for is space Mm -hmm. and they want to get away. We, I should say, (laughs) want to to get Mm -hmm. and experience space. And we are accustomed to experiencing that most easily by being alone or in the company of people that we're very comfortable with. but I think we can learn to access that in all sorts of settings. In the same way, I think that, um, for instance, like a yoga practice really starts to live for somebody when it's no longer compartmentalized to just the like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, one hour practice that you do. But instead, it kind of starts to bleed over into your everyday life and you feel like, oh, I'm kind of doing yoga and doing my yoga breathing all day long. Um mm-hmm when you start to deliberately cultivate space through say a meditation practice that would be the ideal Um, but also practicing going deep and engaging in whatever you're currently doing without mentally departing Um, you can sort of bank space in a way you can sort of build your, your your sort of um, store of space and uh, your capacity to be in a, what might feel more socially confining or or lacking in space is going to grow.
0: Yeah, you're you're reminding us that space, creating space, isn't just about physical space. It's emotional and mental and psychic space, and that um, that's a muscle that we can exercise you know we can practice and and a skill that we can learn absolutely well thank you so much um for Mm -hmm. sharing you know giving us i i know we've just touched the tip of the iceberg (laughs) when it comes to talking about each of these areas and and especially all of the wisdom that you share in the well life. So I appreciate you taking the time to give us this introduction to the concepts. And I will be um, including ways that people can connect with you and and to the book in the podcast show notes. Um, Before I let you go, I've got a couple of questions that I ask all of my guests. And this one, you, it might sound good to you based on your busy, dull, full and wonderful lives. Everyone needs a vacation every once in a while. And um, you've been granted a three-week vacation on Introvert Island, and you can only take three books with you. And, and I will do a special dispensation. Since there are two of you, you each get three books if you like. Um, I, won't make you, I won't make you share. <laughs> mm-hmm. What three books would you take with you and why?
2: Uh, well, for me, I would take, uh, first, there's a a classic text of Taoism called the Tao Te Ching. And, uh, it's just a, Mm -hmm. you know, in a way it's kind of like a treatise, uh, a poetic, uh, treatise on the natural world and how our lives are reflected by that. And, uh, it's just like an incredibly wise book that I could read over and over, um, And I probably would bring – I know that it's supposed to be a vacation, but I probably would bring a book on some facet of Chinese medicine. Like there's a book that I've been reading called Applied Channel Theory. (laughs) And I know (laughs) – it sounds riveting. But <laughs> that sounds I exciting. Love that stuff. This I'm, is why I'm, I'm
1: so glad we don't have to share books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why you said, yay.
2: I'm a total geek about that stuff. I might bring a book about herbs instead. But, you know, and then the third one I, I, that just popped to my, into my mind is uh, I have a book that I just got called how to stay alive in the woods. And (laughs) I know that this is not like a desert, a desert island where where there are no resources, but I just am interested in that kind of thing. I love to sort of feel like I could survive in any sort of situation. So I find that fascinating, you know, (laughs) that'd be my third book. Awesome. Thanks, Peter. And then what about you, Brianna?
1: Um, I would probably the book, the war of art by Stephen Pressfield. Mm -hmm. Um, I really love that book, and I feel like it's so wise. I could <clears throat> dive back into it probably many, many times. Um, and so i definitely bring that. And then I'd actually probably bring a David Sedaris book because I – think he is so funny and uh, oh yeah I could I just you know if I'm on vacation I might as well be laughing so um I would really like that and then there's this book called the new bohemians it's a like a design book um for interior design which I just love so much so I could totally geek out on that all day while Peter looks at his acupuncture meridians very <laughs> fun Very fun. (laughs) Great. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's a rich
0: library that you've got going on there. So thank you. (laughs) So how can people connect with you?
1: Well, if they're interested in The Well Life, they can go to thewelllifebook.com. And then kind of everything else that we do, you can find on thedragontree.com. Right.
2: And both of those have the word the at the beginning of them.
1: Yes, I know how important that is, because I'm always like the introvert
0: on entrepreneur, you know, <laughs> that B is very yeah. important. Yeah, excellent. Thank you for pointing that out. And again, I will include those resources in the show notes. So um, it's been great fun chatting with you. I'm always amazed at how fast the time goes um, when we're having fun. So thank you for sharing your wisdom and your insights and, um, and best wishes in all you do and with your new book. Thank you so thank much, Beth. As we bring this episode to a close, I have one last reminder about that virtual book group that begins on January 17th, with information and registration at the introvertentrepreneur.com/slash bookgroup. And while you're there, check out options for the one-on-one coaching and consulting that I offer. It can really help to support you in making 2017 one of your most successful years ever. I do have limited space available for one-on-one clients, and I'd love to talk with you about your journey and What will move you forward most. It's easy to schedule time with me. You'll find the link to my online calendar in the episode show notes and under Work with Beth on my website. And now for that really wonderful Carrie Newcomer poem that I promised. It's called Showing Up and again it's from her book A Permeable Life Poems and Essays. You are holy and sacred and utterly unique. There are gifts you are born to give. Songs you were born to sing, stories you were born to tell. And if you do not give it, the world will simply lose it. It is yours alone to offer. No one can give it for you. And dearest, listen, because this is important. This wounded world needs all the songs we can pull from the air. Every story that helps us to remember. It needs every single gift, large and small. And yes, dearest, this grateful world does rejoice every courageous time we are true to ourselves and to our gifts. And so it is, dear heart, we embrace the song and the story and all our gifts, because the world has such a great need, and because the world exceedingly rejoices, and because there is no sadder thing than to leave this world having never really shown up. A very special thank you to Paul Messing, my podcast producer, and to my assistant, Naja, who provides the show notes. You can find those notes as well as information about my coaching and training services, the virtual book group, and other things mentioned in this podcast at theintrovertentrepreneur.com slash podcast. And thank you for joining me for this episode. I hope you found it time well spent. And if you did, I would really um, feel honored if you took a moment to leave a review on iTunes or share this episode with your colleagues. I really appreciate your consideration. This is Beth Below of The Introvert Entrepreneur. And until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job.